0: Steve Jaco back here again. Pick seven, the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Jack Eichels. Let's not put any sugarcoating on this issue. This is Jack Eichel's team. He is president. He is owner. He is coach. He is the guy who runs the Zamboni during the intermission. He does everything. So with the seventh pick in the NHL draft, the 2019 NHL draft, it's Jack Eichel's pick. It's not Terry Pagula. No, it's Jack Eichel's world. Buffalo is just snowed in with him. Okay, that's the way it is. And the Sabres are a team kind of on the rise. They found uh, Jeff Skinner. Apparently Jeff Skinner said, you know what? I like the snow. I like Applebee's and Dave and Buster's. I'll stick around for a while because you're going to pay me a buttload of money. Great. So the Sabres, kind of a team on the rise. They got some uh, excellent young defensemen. And there's definitely a guy in pads playing goalie. I don't know who it is, but there's a man back there. He's doing something. So with the seventh overall pick, Buffalo Sabres, they're picking this guy, this guy, Dylan Cousins, Dylan Cousins, Dylan Cousins. Let's go with that. But that's who the Sabres in this draft are picking. His friends call him the Cuz. his really close friends. Call him Cozy. Cozins, Well, here's what they wrote about him on the Athletic. Uh, Ryan Clark on the Athletic says, "At six foot three and one hundred and eighty-five pounds, he gives he gives you size either down the middle or on the wing. Wow, versatile. Wow. He also has the skill and speed." That Sack oh well, this was for the, the Avalanche. He's not going to the Avalanche. We're gonna just gonna change Sackic to Jack Eichel and others have often discussed when it comes to the team's long-term outlook. 2018 19 statistics. This guy, Dylon Cozins, he had 34 goals, 84 points in 68 games, played pretty good numbers, and he according to Craig Button, 2018 WHL top rookie ranked first in skating tests. At the 2019 CHL Prospects game. And we all know, historically, the CHL Prospects game is the best measurement for any prospect. The best. People rave about it from McDonald's to Tim Hortons. People are just going, You see what this guy did in the CHL Prospects game? My God. My God. So, with the seventh overall pick in the 2019 NHL draft, the Buffalo Jack Eichels have selected Dilling, C- Cozens, Cousins. Yeah, sure. Why not? On to pick eight.
1: Hey, I'm Wayne Gretzky's brother. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I don't think I can do a Canadian accent. I don't know why. It just keeps getting worse. But yeah. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers would like to thank the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, yeah, that's just no, that's just no good, I guess. I, I. I don't know. The Edmonton Oilers would like to thank the Vancouver Canucks organization for hosting this classy event, at which we always do so well, but more importantly, we would like to thank the Canucks for never winning a Stanley Cup. Your incompetence really helps us justify our own. Anyway, with the first pick in the... What? What the hell do you mean we have the eighth pick? That's bullshit, and you know it. No, we draft first. It's our thing. Fuck. Fine. Okay. With the... 8th. Christ, we can hardly fill out a team with number ones. You're telling me the seven best guys are already gone? Freaking wonder nobody wanted this job. With the 8th pick in the draft, the Edmonton Oilers select Trevor Zegras. You're telling me we're drafting an American too? Great. I'm gonna have Holland's job in like a month. For sure. (laughs) Okay, that was a fun activity. Now let's take a look at Zegras. Zegras is an American kid out of Bedford, New York, who stands over six feet tall, weighs in. I've seen him anywhere between 168 and 175, so take that for what it's worth. Seems like he's kind of a slight guy. uh, You know, he's 17, 18 years old. He's a young kid. Plenty of time to fill out. Uh, uh, He's described as an elite two-way forward with great wheels and an agitator's edge. Uh, Zegres comes out of the U.S. National Team Development Program, and he's committed to Boston University next year. Bob McKenzie of TSN ranks him at number 10, while Corey Prongman mocked him out at number 6 to Detroit, also ranking him as the sixth best prospect in this draft, uh, the first in his elite-slash-high-end bubble. Prondman calls him one of, if not the most, purely skilled players in the draft. Uh, the Hockey News had him at number 7 in their draft preview. ESPN's mock draft has him going 7th to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, the quotes about this kid are outstanding, and it really makes me wonder why he's not a consensus top 5 pick. Some sites have him weighing in at under, like I said, a buck seventy. so... Uh, I think there that might be where some of the issues are coming from with the uh, size bias. Uh, consensus number one pick Jack Hughes says that Zegris is the most creative player on the U.S. squad. Uh, and everything else I've read about the guy is that he has true star potential at either wing or center. It's not even as if people are saying, oh, well, if he doesn't work out at center, you can just put him at wing. It's It seems to be he has... So much dynamic skill that he can play either position and fulfill the duties of both a winger and center. Uh, Edmonton is getting a potential star playmaking center to play behind Connor McDavid. Uh, If they want to continue to play Dreisaitl alongside Connor, uh, this could be the beginning of the answer to their depth issues. Uh, We know all the issues Edmonton has, and I make jokes about, you know, everyone does, with them getting the first pick nonstop and all that, but... Truth is, they do have depth issues. They have production issues uh, behind behind McDavid, and since they're playing Dreisaitl with him, they really don't have much of a second line. With Zegres, I think you could put him out there, maybe get the most out of someone like Jesse puglia Uh it, it just seems like this is the pick that could... Uh, re- it's not going to be immediate. Like I said, this kid might weigh 168 pounds. I don't think you can play in the NHL at that weight. Uh, maybe everything I'm hearing about this kid's elite skill, and I've seen some highlights, I've watched some tape on the guy, he does absolutely have the hands and the finishing ability. Uh, Playmaking, creativity, vision, everything you look for in, uh, in an elite forward. So, I know it sucks to hear because the Edmonton Oilers are such a joke, but this pick, this one could really help them out down the line. This could really uh, kind of make them that team with that one, two punch that they so desperately need. So at number eight, Edmonton Oilers, I have them taking Trevor Zegris. Uh, I think it's a hell of a pick for them. I'm surprised he's still on the board, but good for me. And I will be back. Let's see. When am I coming back again? Where are we? I have Montreal at 15. This was my first, uh, This was my first pick that I really had to uh, dig into and see what I wanted to do at 15. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Number nine will be up next. My name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, everybody. Hey, everybody.
2: Charlie O'Connor back here, ready to continue our BSH Radio 2019 NHL Mock Draft. And I am back to make the ninth overall pick in the draft. This time taking on the persona of yet another... Southern California hockey team, the Anaheim Ducks. So I'll get right to it. With the ninth overall pick in the 2019 NHL BSH Radio mock draft, the Anaheim Ducks select Peyton Krebs forward from the Kootenai Ice to the WHL. Now to give some background on this pick, my view of the draft at this stage, my personal board, is that after Bo and Byron, who I have ranked fourth, on my personal board. After him, the next seven best players on my personal board are all forwards. So for me, at this stage of the draft, I'm not really looking at positional need. I'm not looking to reach for a defenseman who I have in the tier below this group. I'm just looking to take the best forward available on my board since the next big grouping for me, all forwards. And for me, that next best available forward is Peyton Krebs. Now I'm not I'm certainly not the only person to be high on Peyton Krebs, but there are a fair amount of people who aren't as high on him. And not to say they don't think he's a first round pick. I think the consensus even people who aren't as high on him think he's a mid teens, you know, maybe low twenties at worst type of player. But the people who don't believe he's necessarily a top ten worthy pick. Are people who are skeptical of his offensive upside, and they view him more as a, a second line leadership type center or wing. He's actually played both positions uh, in the WHL, so he he could potentially translate at both, um, and not a, a real high end scorer. And when I was first doing my research for the draft, I, I sort of bought into that. You know, you, you look at his base numbers; they're they're good, not great. You know, sixty eight points in sixty four games; it's it's fine. But, you know, I kind of go back to, like, a Pavel Zaka guy who was taken, you know, obviously, Flyers fans remember, was taken before Ivan Provorov in 2015. You looked at his numbers, and you're like, why is he going before a guy like Provorov who racked up just as many points as a defenseman, pretty much? So I got it, and I sort of was falling into that trap. But the more research I did on Krebs, the more he sold me as a real, legitimate, high-end, offensive prospect. And, and I think you know it's that production that really does blind some people with regards to him. You know, as I said, it's good, not great. Definitely first-round caliber, but maybe not eye-popping. What you do have to account for, though, and this is a big part of why I slowly came around on him as a, a top-10 caliber pick, is that his team was really, really bad. You know, you're talking about a team where the next best scorer on his team had 16 fewer points than, than Krebs. And Krebs, again— He's not an old an old player. He's a draft-eligible prospect, and he was by far the best player on a very, very bad team. I, I also think that for him in particular, team effects are going to have a higher impact on his point production because he is more of a playmaker than, a, than a, a goal scorer. Not to say he can't score goals, but I do think he's always going to lean towards the assists when you look at his, his point totals in the NHL. If you don't have good players in your team, they're going to miss on a lot of the chances you set up for. So I, I believe that he probably would have had a lot more points on a better team. Even not even accounting for the fact that they would have spent more time in the offensive zone, but just accounting for the fact that the players that he was playing with would have scored more of the the setups that he uh, that he, he gave them. But going back to Krebs, what I really like about him as a player is is his pace. You know, he's there's I wouldn't say the styles are the same, but one thing I really liked about Joel Faraby was that he was just a relentless player and, and Krebs is kind of similar in that sense. He's a relentless player. I actually think he might be a slightly better skater, pure, you know, pure skating ability than, than Fariby. I don't think he's, he's an elite high end skater, but he's a very good skater. He really racked up the controlled zone entries in uh, Mitch Brown's manually tracked data set, which if you haven't checked that out or if you haven't donated to his Patreon, highly recommend it. Um, but it's the combination of that pace that willingness to carry the puck through the middle of the ice and move it through with speed, in addition to the tenacity in his game. I, I love the tenacity in his game. He's, he, as I said, like Farabee, he's a relentless player. But combine that with what I view as really high-end passing ability, really high-making vi- high, high-end playmaking vision, I think this is a guy who could be a first-liner in the NHL if all breaks right for him, and, and getting that at ninth overall would be, would be big. Now, full disclosure here, um, this pick was made before the news of his partial Achilles tear leaked last weekend. Would I have made this pick, would I have picked Krebs had I known about that injury? Maybe. I I don't think I would have ruled it out, but, but I do have him on a similar tier as I have guys like Matthew Boldy and Alex Newhook in particular, and I would have strongly considered maybe bumping them up over Krebs. Not sure if I would have done it. I really do like Krebs, but I also really like Boldy and I really like New Hook. And maybe that concern about the injury might have, you know, if I have Krebs at at a 92 and I have Boldy and, and, and New Hook at 90s, you know, maybe that gives them the, the slight tiebreaker. But I still think this is a good pick. I, I still think the Ducks would be very happy with Peyton Krebs. As I said, he can play both center and wing they definitely need they have some good some good prospects definitely sam Steele is a guy i like a lot in particular but they they certainly could use more more firepower up front especially with you know get at the tail end of his career brian kessler is probably done cory perry might get traded or bought out or just removed from the organization in the coming months so they definitely could use more firepower up front and as i said I like Krebs. I think uh, you know all reports are saying that this partial Achilles tear is going to heal fine and that he should be back for next season. It's basically just going to be a whole miss the summer thing, which not ideal as we've seen with Dolan Patrick. But I don't think it should be the end of the world. I don't think he was ever a guy who anybody would have said he's going to make the jump to the NHL immediately. So I don't think this is going to crush him in, in that regard. I think he was always going to need another year in, uh, in juniors at least. Um, but I like this pick for Anaheim. I think he'd be a, a, a really good selection for them. And to tie everything back up with the Flyers, he's a guy that I'd be perfectly fine seeing them go for at eleven. I, I know. Um, I know there's been some reports that he's a guy that uh, that they could be interested in. Um, I know that just from a stylistic standpoint, you know, the Flyers do tend to go for those tenacious, relentless, hardworking guys. There's, you know, he was captain of his team. They tend to love players like that. Uh, he's a guy who does fit the Flyers' mold for a possible draft pick. Obviously, in this mock, he's gone before the Flyers pick at eleven. But if he's the guy whose name they call on uh, on draft night on Friday, I wouldn't have a problem with it.
3: All right, folks, moving right along. It is Kelly again, and I've been charged with the tenth overall pick on behalf of the Vancouver Canucks. And as I did before. Um, before we get to the actual pick, I just want to talk a little bit about the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, they're not great. They are not a very good team. Um, they finished with 81 points this season. They were well out of contention for a playoff spot. In a Western conference, that was the weakest I can remember. It's, it was a really weak conference this season. So they've got some improving to do. They've got some work to do. Once you get past their top line... Uh, Elias Petterson, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser. Once you get past those guys, things drop off uh, pretty considerably. So that's something that they're going to have to do. And where they are lucky, I think, is that that top line is very young. Um, so they are going to be good for quite a long time, those three guys. And that gives you an opportunity to build some support for them through the draft rather than having to go out and find it through free agency and trades like the Flyers are going to have to do because our core is a bit older. So the Canucks have the benefit of having their best players on the young side, which means that they can almost, I don't want to say draft for what they need right now, but they can kind of assume that Whatever player they pick is going to need to fill a hole rather quickly. So they're, I could see them picking for what they need now, which is typically not what you want to do. But anyway, that being said, the Vancouver Canucks are proud to select from the Mississauga Steelheads of the OHL, defenseman Thomas Harley. So... Before I tell you why I decided to pick Thomas Harley, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Um, He's one of the youngest players in the draft. He was born August 19th, 2001, and if that doesn't make you feel old, I don't know what will. Um, And despite being quite young, he has already become really the backbone defenseman on his team. He plays 25 to 30 minutes a night, and he is solid in those minutes. Um... It's not like they're just throwing him out there because that's you know all that they have. He's actually quite good. Um, he's big. He's mobile. He's a good skater. He's skilled. And that kind of combination in a defenseman is kind of hard to find. So when you see a kid like that, it, it's going to be, I think, attractive to you, especially a team like the Canucks that are kind of lacking in that area. Uh, one of the knocks against this kid seems to be that sometimes he tries to get a little too cute. He tries to make a little bit too many plays rather than just driving the net, and a lot of times he turns the puck over. So those are things that can be fixed with NHL coaching. I think he's a little on the skinny side. He's six foot three, one hundred eighty three pounds. So he's definitely going to need to fill out a bit. But uh, yeah. You can't really discount a mobile, big, skilled offensively defenseman, something that's going to be very valuable in the NHL. So when I was doing research for this pick, I kind of wanted to find out what Vancouver Canucks fans were looking for with their team. And one of the things that I kind of saw a lot was that they really want this team to get a big mobile defenseman and also... They think that their team is a solid two to three years away from being real contenders in the Western Conference. So, again, that plays into their strength, which is that their best players are young. So, you know, you draft a big mobile defenseman, you get him filled out, you work on fixing his flaws in the AHL, and in two to three years, you've got a guy that can pop into your lineup, and at that point, You're hoping that other players have come on. Maybe you've acquired other draft picks. What I'm saying is the Canucks can build a team through the draft. And given that they don't have a mobile defenseman that can score, this would be a good place to start. So that's why I picked the Canucks. Next up, we've got the 11th pick, which, of course, is your Philadelphia Flyers.
4: All right, everybody, it's Craig again. Uh, after I took Alex Turcott third overall with the Chicago Blackhawks, I'm up actually picking for the uh, Philadelphia Force uh, 11th overall. Kelly just took Thomas Harley 10th for the Vancouver Canucks. And with Trevor Zegras, Peyton Krebs, and Thomas Harley off the board, uh, all players that could fall to the Flyers, I picked a player that I felt like was getting mocked out as a top 10 pick, as a guy that I hadn't seen too often selected past 8th on a lot of people's mock drafts. So I figured it'd be a good value for the Flyers to take him at 11, and I think he would be a fit in the system and somebody they might need. I chose Kirby Dock from the Saskatoon Blades in the WHL. He's a Canadian right-handed center, six 6'4", 198 pounds. He had 25 goals and 73 points in 62 games this year with the Saskatoon Blades. Uh, Tire for 28th in the WHL with 73 points, and he's... Third on the team in scoring. He also had 8 points in 10 postseason games. Uh, He had one monster Bantam season, uh, 2014-15, where he had 29 goals and 100 points in just 33 games. Honestly, I'm just bringing that up because I always love finding those uh, crooked season totals where players just put up astronomical numbers in about 20-25 games. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is the king of that. I think he had a 192-point season in a 29-game uh, campaign in a league over in Germany so but uh, Kirby Dock obviously as I said six foot four the big thing about his play is he has a ton of size it isn't the only thing to his game it's a big aspect of his game he's able to drive to the net just putting his shoulder down uh, he's able to stay in front of the net uh, pretty hard to move him uh, He's he's got pretty good balance and a lot of strength and uh, gets a lot of greasy goals but watching some highlights of him uh, I don't know if I'm going to sound crazy here or if other people picked up on it. His, he's not slow. He, he's got pretty good speed and he can accelerate pretty well. My thing is his skating stride kind of feels like Sean Couturier to me, where it's kind of a lumbering stride, but he does gain ground on people. And you wouldn't suspect somebody you know skating like that to actually be able to get by people and create plays. But I feel like Kirby Doc does that. And uh, he is very hard to knock off the puck, wins a lot of board battles. Uh, for the Flyers, looking at how he would fit into the Flyer system if the Flyers were to take on 11th overall, you have Katori as the 1C. Hopefully you sign Kevin Hayes, but, uh, you know, maybe he wants to play in Columbus. Maybe he's going to make a decision as a grown adult to go live in Columbus, Ohio. So if that's it, uh, you know, suit yourself. But... Theoretically, in a couple of years, you could have Couturier, Hayes, and Kirby Dock down the middle. Uh, that's a lot of size. That's a lot of pretty good puck possession centers. And uh, you would probably dictate the game pretty well if you have uh, a bunch of gigantic <laughs> centers that you're just not able to knock over the puck, knock off the puck. Uh, and even if they don't sign Hayes, you could still have Couturier. Hopefully, Nolan Patrick progresses to be the 2C, and then Kirby Dock could be the second c German Rupsoff and Morgan Frost are both centers as well but I I would like to think if you drafted doc maybe you could move either of those players to the wings. just because they're not they're not the smallest guys but you usually put smaller players on the wing and I could see doc becoming a um, a decent second or third line center down the road uh, so that that's my pick I am up again at eighteen uh, up now is Steph with the 12th overall pick for the Minnesota wild.
5: I'm back with the 12th overall pick representing the Minnesota wild. Now I should know a lot more about the Minnesota wild considering the flyers new, not really new, but new ish GM came from Minnesota. But my, my overarching feelings on the wild are meh, which are also my feelings about Chuck Fletcher Generally, meh, it's all fine. Uh, the the Wild definitely took a step back this year, whether that was due to injury or a lack of talent or a blend of the both. Who can really say? But they, they need some help here. Um, so with the 12th overall pick, Steph Driver selects on behalf of the Minnesota Wild, Alex Newhook. Now, this is someone that may be a potential target for the Flyers who are picking at 11. So I've done a lot of research on him. um, And you can also find a uh, mock draft report on Alex Newhook on Broad Street Hockey. So just to pick out a couple of Kurt's words over at Broad Street Hockey, um, what do we like about him? He's been dominant for multiple seasons in the BCHL, which is the British Columbia Hockey League. So it's a tier two hockey league, um, not quite as prestigious as coming from the CHL, but he has he, he's done a lot in that league. Um, some of that were my own words. I'm not quoting Kurt very well here, but uh, this one is my quote. There aren't many obvious holes in Newhook's game. He's a plus skater with impressive skill and is able to put those two attributes together in a way guys his age sometimes struggle to. He's got impressive abilities on the puck, showing off creativity both as a shooter and a passer. And while he's likely not going to win many Selkies in his, in his NHL career, he's a willing competitor on every part of the ice and will make his opponents work for what they get. In some ways New Hook reminds us of Travis Konecny, another smallish but dynamic center from Canadian juniors who played with a ton of speed and wasn't afraid to play a bit rough-and tumble game at that level in doing so. So th- that's what Kurt has to say about Alex Newhook so th- the stats that matter uh, he is five foot 10, about 190 pounds so he's an undersized center. Um, he was born in January 2001, so he is solidly 18. He's from St. John's. Uh, what's NL? I should know this. I don't. Um, in Canada. Newfoundland? New, Newfoundland? That's, yeah. All right. I'm not going back to record this, so just roll with it. Um, Newfoundland. Um He is playing for, he was playing for the Victoria Grizzlies in the BCHL for the last two seasons. In the 2017-18 season, he played 45 games, had 66 points. 2018-19, he was the captain of the team. 53 games, 102 points. So really, really impressive work there. He is committed to Boston College for 2019-2020. So we will see how he does against Uh, college collegiate competition. Uh, To take some more words from people who watch prospects a lot more seriously than I do, Alex Appleyard at The Athletic. The physically mature center has a skill set to die for. Newhook's skating is electric, and he controls the puck exceptionally well while motoring at top speed. He often makes opponents look silly and loves to have the puck on his stick. The rest of his offensive skill set also impresses. Newhook has a quick release and an accurate shot to go along with good vision. Despite his penchant for wanting the puck, he's not a puck hog, and he can make sublime passes. He will attend Boston College and may, be, may well be one and done in the NCAA. So that all sounds well and good. Uh, you know, the Minnesota Wild needs some help pretty quickly, so waiting one year for their first-round pick in 2019 is not a bad situation for them to be in. Uh, Corey Pronman, also from The Athletic, uh, has this to say about Alex Newhook. Newhook is an explosive skater who is able to drive play because of the speed he has and the pace he plays with. Newhook is one of the smartest players and most creative passers eligible for this year's draft. One thing that makes him stand out as a playmaker is how he plays at full speed. Newhook has great vision, but also has some noticeable pop to his game in terms of the flashy one-on-one moves and a high level of creativity with the puck. He had numerous wow caliber moments throughout the season at the BCHL level. There wasn't more Newhook could do. He led the BCHL in scoring and was named the league MVP in his two seasons in the league. He was absolutely dominant. Now, that's definitely what you need from a player that is going to go top, at least top 20, probably top 15. If you're in a tier two league, you have to be absolutely dominant in that league to even have a consideration of going in the top 20, top 15. Um, so this was my pick for the Minnesota wild. They're not necessarily a speedy team. Um, they're not really a, a small team either. Um, they I don't even know what the identity is of the Minnesota Wild. To be completely honest, other than meh, underperforming, underachieving, maybe overachieving, considering their talent level, it, uh, which may be a little bit lower than how they've been performing. Um, I think that I think that Alex Newhook would be a really great addition. He was definitely the best player available at the number twelve pick. And that's where we landed. Uh, Coming up at 13 is the Florida Panthers. Charlie is drafting for them.